Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan, Jesse, Go, we say goodbye to Mariel, the intern. We have a triumphant return from Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, and I get kind of upset about Avatar. Sorry. Let's go. It's Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. It's nice to see you, friend. <laughs> nice to see you, too. It's been some time. Yeah, it has. I'm not here to tell people... That it hasn't been a little while since the last Jordan Jesse go because that the f- would be disingenuous. The fact of the matter is that it has been a little while. Yeah, but we're back. We're better than ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna maintain about the same quality. I, if you want to be better than ever, that's fine. But I, uh, I plan on uh, you Jordan. Know. Look at me, look at me in the eyes. I'm doing it. You maintain the same quality. Mm-hmm. I'll maintain the same quality. But do you notice anything different about these microphones we're talking into? I do. These have handsome, professional, news-style mic flags on them. Microphone flags, Jordan. That's all we need to do to be better. Yeah. We do not need to improve our performances. We don't need to practice. We don't need to write or prepare material for the program, which we certainly have not done. Absolutely not. All we need to do is keep an even keel and let the mic flags do the work. (laughs) Now. Don't let the quality slip too much. But then just kind of coast on that mic flag momentum. Here's the thing. If you need the dough too much, it will not rise. Sure. Okay? The mic flags are the baking soda in the cake that is Jordan Jesse Go. For the non-Hollywood uh, insider, a mic flag uh, is kind of a plastic piece that fits around a microphone and says the name of the outlet uh, that the microphone is broadcasting now, to. Now, uh, hold on, Jordan. Sorry. Because you're overwhelming people. You're right. Because this is what they're thinking. Jesse, I'm not a Hollywood insider. How can a mic flag, how can one of those boxes fit on a Shure SM7? (laughs) Yeah. The answer is they're custom microphone flags specifically for the Shure SM7 microphone. These are the thanks, best. Thanks for thanks for uh, reaching out to the layman. I know I can get a little right. jargony sometimes. Absolutely, Jordan. I'm. I, I see myself as part host, part translator. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think you know we. I was going to. I was headed out to the Sundance Film Festival. Sure. And uh, Nick, the editor of the Sound of Young America, sent me an email. He said, "Do you have any mic flags?" I said, no, I don't have any mic flags. That's not a half bad idea, though. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should get some mic flags. I like where this story's going. So here's what I did. Keep going. Keep going. I picked up the telephone. Mm -hmm. I called my friends at micflags.com. Yes. They said they cost $60 a piece. I said, holy shit, $60 a piece? (laughs) But you know what? That's the price you have to pay for professionalism. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. These are nice. Jordan, and you're going to have these forever. These are these will literally last forever. Mm-hmm. These are made out of. I dropped one in the toilet earlier. It's still going. Wh- which one did you drop in the toilet? Oh, I dropped. Well, I dropped two of them in the toilet. Wh- which two did you drop in the toilet? I was making them toilet kiss, and then I dropped <laughs> them. And... So you put them in the toilet? I dropped them in the toilet. 
I didn't put that. that why you make they, it sound intentional. Why were they slippery? Oh, because of the Vaseline I put on them. You Vaselined them in the toilet? Just to make, they're so, so there wasn't unnecessary rubbing while they were toilet kissing. You were concerned that they would chafe while doing what? Toilet kissing. Which That's is, when you, like, kiss over a toilet. That's when you make two inanimate objects, like, pretend to kiss over a toilet. And I was worried about, you know, just, just structural damage, damage to the face of the microphone flag. So I just rubbed a little Vaseline on them. And that was my undoing. Jordan, I don't keep Vaseline. My concern was my undoing. I don't keep Vaseline in my bathroom. Do you travel with Vaseline? Yeah, I just keep a handful in my pocket. Just a, not a jar full? No, no, God, no. That would anyway, be... If I had a jar in my pocket, that would look pretty weird walking down the street. Do you keep your hand in the pocket all the time? Is that why your left hand is always in your pocket? Yeah, yeah. That's why it's always greasy. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I we've really learned a lot. Knew. I figured you knew. Well, I knew that I had micro- microphone flags mm-hmm. and that they were surprisingly expensive. I did not know about this whole greasy hand business. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I, you know, live some, learn some. That's my motto. Is it? Is that a, that's a, like a motto you made up now. Live some, learn some. Okay. That's my motto. Sure. It's a, you see, it's live and learn both start with L, so, and then L ends with some, Mm -hmm. which is what makes it a motto and not just a phrase. Sure. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, it's nice to have you here on the show, Jordan. Yeah. It's nice to be here doing the show. Mm-hmm. We're recording in the evening, which is unusual for us. Yes. The weather outside in Los Angeles, crisp, beautiful weather. Yeah. We've been having rain. Mm-hmm. Now we're enjoying clear skies. Yes. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Overall. The calm after the storm. Yeah. The storm was moderate. Yeah. I had a terrifying storm uh, when I was in, when I was in uh, Utah. Mm-hmm. Went to Utah for the Salt Lake, uh, for what's this called? Sundance <laughs> the Film, Film Festival. Festival. The Salt Lake City Film Festival, I mm-hmm. believe it's called, uh, starring Bobby Redford. Yeah. And um, we rented a sport utility vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I'm, gonna, if I'm paying the $70 a day to rent a sport utility vehicle, it will be a four-wheel drive sport utility vehicle, given that this is the frozen and snowy land of Utah. Sure. It's not. It's a two-wheel drive sport utility vehicle. Mm. I rented it from Fox Rent-A-Car. Mm-hmm. Have you ever rented a rental car from Fox Rent-A-Car? I never have. I'm Do a they... national man. I'm a member of the, um, uh, the Emerald Club. Do you get... The national rental car, so uh, I got you... a pretty posh deal over there. When you're, travel... when you're traveling for work, do you usually rent a rental car? Uh, Is that part of the say, situation? I would say maybe an eighth of the time. Really? So rarely? Rarely, yeah. Rarely. Do you, do you uh, take a town car with your colleagues to the airport? Uh, no, you know, we, we, we can ride off taxis, so that's, you okay. know, generally how we do it. But, you know, sometimes when long distances have to be traveled, definitely in snow environments. I feel like all the snow environments I go to for work are far away from the airport. So, right. Yeah. Okay, so I went to this Fox Rent-A-Car, 
it might as well just be called abandoned lot rent a car. Mm-hmm. Like I, you go in the Salt Lake City Airport, there is this huge rental car area with like twenty five different rental car companies. You know, your Nationals, your Uniteds, your Dollars, your Rentarex, mm-hmm. the the whole smorgasbord of rental car options, and uh, uh, and there's absolutely no Fox rent a car. You have to go upstairs through a parking lot and then catch a shuttle and the shuttle looks like it looks like what i would imagine a special needs bus in detroit in 1983 would look like yeah or like in new york when new york was bankrupt mm-hmm. like just shit's falling off of it like some of the seats are wet you know like they're they're porous and wet, like you could sit down on it and water would come up, you know, in a little spray. And it takes you like 20 on a 20 minute ride through industrial Salt Lake City. Like you're like, oh, here we are, Salt Lake City. We're near the airport. Here's the, you know, burger place or whatever. And it's just getting like, you know, when you're, when you're by the, the strip clubs in Salt Lake City, that's when you know you're really like. I, I wouldn't. I I I would I would think maybe that the strip club was something that was banned in Salt Lake City. I would yeah. think that, the, that well, because of their their they don't Mormonism. have to ban, they don't have to ban it because no one no one will go to its location. Okay. Um there might as well just be like fucking foaming at the mouth dogs. Like it's basically like renting a car from a junkyard. Okay. Like you know uh, Heathcliff the cat? Yeah, sure. It's like renting a car from Heathcliff the cat. Mm-hmm. You know, and no one should. Yeah. Um, and I, so we rented this car and the snow was outrageous. Mm -hmm. It was like snowing, like for real. I had never even been anywhere where it was snowing for real. Like snowing, snowing, snowing. Yeah, snow was falling down. Well, like a little bit of snow, Mm -hmm. you know, like a twinkle of snow. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Is it called a twinkle of snow? That's... A twinkle of snow. There you go. It's called a twinkle, a Mm -hmm. twinkle or a glisten. Sure. Um, it was crazy. Teresa was driving. We were in. We we, we were staying like uh, maybe five miles east of the um, uh, of the festival, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to drive on the highway. And it was we had to drive twenty miles an hour, uh, and felt like we were driving really fast, driving twenty miles an hour on the freeway. It was terrifying. I, I, I'm, but you made it okay. I did. I made it okay. I made it to the to the Sundance Film Festival. I met Mr. Kevin Klein. Wow. He's my close personal friend the now. Kev- Did you interview him, or was it? Just, I interviewed uh, him for the Sound of Young America. That's pretty nice, what's right? The, uh, what's the Kev- what's what project is Kevin Klein currently? It was pushing? it was great actually. It's this movie called um, The Extra Man. Okay, uh, it's directed by the people who directed American Splendor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a husband and wife directing team. They directed their big credits are they directed American Splendor, and then they cashed in on having directed American Splendor by directing The Nanny Diaries. Okay. I, I don't. I don't. I, I suspect that's some sort of hacky movie. I don't. The know nanny died. It was. It was a. But. It was a sort of a chick lit memoir adaptation. It was about by a young girl who was a nanny in a rich family and wrote sort of a tell all memoir. Okay. Uh, that you know had a pink cover. So now they've got this chick lit money. <laughs> so they got this. Uh, what I want to know is dream who is to work with Kevin Klein. What is the Hollywood guy who was like? I saw that American Splendor, you know, the movie about the antisocial coot who writes comic <laughs> books. 
and and his friend who's well down the Asperger's spe- spectrum. Sure. Like, uh, I think we this- need someone to direct our rom com. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, you know, in another, but in another one of those weird turns, the guy who directed King of Kong, uh-huh, which sure. is the documentary about this the anti-social weirdos who set the uh, <laughs> who set the records for King Kong and other like old-time arcade games. What's nice about that movie is it, it's really about the two kinds of antisocial weirdo. Yeah, the, the really nice antisocial there's the, weirdo. There's the antisocial weirdo who won't meet your gaze. Yes. Um, and then there's the antisocial weirdo who wants to tell you about something he's amazing at. Sure. Go ahead. Continue. Um, and th- uh, those that guy directed Four Christmases, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which was the one where Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, uh, blah, 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 Christmas. The Extra Man was very much in the vein of, um, it was very much in the vein of American Splendor rather than, uh, uh, rather than the nanny, what's that called? Nanny, nanny Diaries. Diaries. Did you see, um, have you watched, uh, have you watched the Jonathan Ames television program Bored to Death? I have. Okay, it was. It's all. It's based on a novel by Jonathan Ames, and it was written by Ames and the uh, uh, and the two directors. So nice. It's a it's a movie uh, where pa- I read uh, Wake Up Sir recently by Jonathan Ames. Oh, did you and, enjoy uh, it? Quite liked it. Yeah, you like a book from time to time. Sure, once in a while. You enjoy a novel. Yeah, I I, I don't or a I nonfiction. What, what's a what kind of nonfiction are you looking at? Of course, military history. You, you know, I, got, I I recently bought a book uh, about the uh, election of eighteen hundred. Uh huh. I'm planning on reading. Oh, I who, like uh, who I like was, I like information about uh, like old time elections. Who was who was duking it out in the election of eighteen hundred? I think this is Jefferson v. Adams. Oh, yeah, that sounds intense. Calling each other's wives whores and stuff like that. Did so, they now? Yeah, from what I understand, I have not cracked the book. What yet. What kind of asshole like, calls Laura Linney a whore? I, right? I know. That's what I want to know. Someone who didn't enjoy Kinsey. <laughs> what did, she was in. Who didn't enjoy Kinsey? I loved Kinsey. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Some jerk. Um, so Paul Dano is the star of this movie from the Little Miss Sunshine mm-hmm. film. Um, uh, he's quite good. He plays a Jonathan Ames surrogate. Sure. And Kevin Klein plays this eccentric writer. Ted Danson surrogate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to decide who was awesomer, Ted Danson in Bored to Death or Jonathan or uh uh Kevin Klein in this movie The Extra Man and it is neck and neck. Mm-hmm. It that's two of the awesomest things in modern entertainment. Yeah. Um but Kevin Klein is this sort of eccentric older writer who lives in this rundown apartment and Jonathan Ames uh Jonathan Ames Jonathan Ames's character uh Paul Dano uh, finds him f- finds him uh, through an ad in the back of the village voice that says uh, roommates gentlemen seeks same mm-hmm. um, which I found just delightful sure I didn't remember that I liked Kevin Klein so much but I really did yeah no he's he's great yeah he's definitely underused all I could remember was uh, hail to the chief he's the one we all say hail to we all say hail because he keeps himself so clean from Dave. That was all I could remember. Hmm. That was all I had. Um, the Sundance Film Festival is a weird place. Have you? Did you ever? Did your job ever make you go there? No. You know, I've been to the Toronto Film Festival. Um, that's sort of like the. This is like the slightly more commercial than Sundance Film yeah, Festival. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, some of the big movies at the Toronto Film Festival this year were like Jennifer's Body and Whip It, 
and uh, some other stuff. But they, I think they have your film festival fair, but uh, they they seem to tout their you know their big premieres more it, than was it, Sundance. Was it weird to be there at the Toronto Film Festival? I mean, the thing of I guess the difference is Toronto is a city of you know whatever it is two three million people. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, uh, whereas Park City is like a city of I don't know fifteen thousand people. I have been to Park City in like the summertime, uh-huh. um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I for kinda, summer boarding I can, for a summer boarding event. Yeah, yeah. For for grass rolling, you. It's so weird because the whole town is choked with Hollywood people, mm-hmm. and there are these kind of weird. There's there's these fat guys. Sure. Those are the film journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, Fat shorted men. Yeah, exactly. There are these. Although I probably not in the winter. No, no. Probably the men. They probably. There are these gone the rare long pant. There are these gaunt bearded men. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are um, uh, filmmakers mm-hmm. and actors. Yeah. Um, and then there are just the mouth breathingest. Ugh, bootingest people you've ever seen in your entire life. Sure. Just in your entire mm-hmm. life. Just this town is just choked with these people, like just walking over other pedestrians and just, you know, putting out their cigarettes in children's eyes. <laughs> and just, oh, it is just a horror show. Yeah. It's just a freak show, a nightmare. Yeah. You know, I, the, in the, for the Toronto Film Festival, oddly enough, we didn't have uh, actual passes to it. My, we were like covering <laughs> peripheral Toronto Film Festival. Um, uh, you were related. You things. were covering the Do Action Center. Sure, exactly. At and the Tiff. Sli- and the Slim Jim Party Bus. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, so I only caught glimpses of the kind of film festival badness. Uh, the rest of the time, I just hung out with some friendly Canadians. That that was a weird thing too about the uh, about the Sundance Film Festival. We were riding next to a uh, a producer on the airplane. We talked to him. He was a you know he was a nice guy. Flying coach, huh? He was flying on Southwest, okay. so it's only one class. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But uh, uh, he was a decent fella, and he worked with people that we know. On things that we think are great, I'm not going to be more specific than that. Uh, but you know, he was he was working on the good stuff, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was talking about going skiing, and that he hoped he would get to see a movie or two. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to me that all these people go from Los Angeles to Park City. To talk to the other Los Angeles people sure. and not watch movies. Yeah, no, it seems like that. Uh, that with all the talk of Hollywood cutting back and that the times being lean and people needing to be more efficient, it seems like the the vanity trip is still in full effect. I mean, I feel like I see it all the time. That yeah, they're like. I feel like everyone on my entire airplane from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles was talking about how they didn't get to see any movies. What do you mean you didn't get to see any movies? There's movies playing at 9 a.m. Yeah, although I will, I will say when I was at the Toronto Film Festival, it was very hard to see movies. I even gave it the college try a few times and didn't get to. Really? Yeah, there's the... the, the... Are there industry screenings of every movie at the Toronto Film Festival? Well, because there are at the Sundance yeah, Film yeah, Festival. Maybe that, yeah, that was... Uh, maybe, I, maybe just my lack of industry badge... 
excluded me from everything, but it seemed like there was the line for everything, even, you know, Iranian uh, well documentaries. This is documentaries about making a well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> were like this, around the I had block. assumed when you initially said it, I thought that it was an Iranian documentary about the well, the uh, whole earth electronic link an early online community yes uh no no this is a documentary about well digging and maintenance do they use shovels backhoes i didn't see the movie the line was too long i have no idea how they made this well this we were staying. I do know that it was inspirational, though, or i suspect we were staying east of uh we were staying east of park city um, but we were doing our recordings in a house that was um, being rented by a public relations company. Mm-hmm. So we were literally – and it was very kind of them to offer us a room in the house to record our shows. Um, they wanted to uh, talk to the guests who were on our shows because they had – they were operating the house primarily as a gifting suite. No, oh. um, So people were being gifted mm-hmm. uh, up and down the thing and uh, – God, it was so bizarre. Yeah, I've been to one or two of those things for work, um, and those are the those are the most bizarre like relics of an old Hollywood that you don't don't think exist anymore. But for some reason, they do. Uh, I, I guess for people, a gifting suite. Uh, these companies that sponsor the film festival, uh, they get several hotel rooms, and these companies set up a table with you know their wares, and um, people, uh, and you know the people who are involved with the film festival, or you know like during the Academy Awards, like Academy Award nominees, uh, are you know are can come by and get one of these things, like purse companies and laser eye surgery facilities and things like that it is just and it is a bizarre spectacle um to see this go down there were levels of the gifting suite yeah um some people didn't get to go to the top level of the gifting suite oh so there's like entry badges and also it was just some there were frankly some pretty marginal players involved in this gifting suite on both sides this was not a this was not uh this was, I, I think, the, maybe the first year they'd done this. This particular PR company had done this at Sundance. I, I'm guessing it, it was a it was a very marginal operation. There was just, just like I, I feel like maybe it had just gotten to the point where they just walked down Main Street and looked for pretty girls. Yeah, yeah. To gift. You know, usually, kind of what happens is my my work thinks it's, it'll be a good idea to cover these because, like, in theory, the celebrities will be coming through to get these gifts and will be interviewable. But I think what happens mostly is these celebrities send their assistants and only the most marginal of celebrities actually show up. Uh, the couple times we've done it, um, celeb- these old, like the only celebrity to show up two times was the guy who plays the assistant on Entourage. <laughs> the uh, kind of that gay Asian man. And then, and then you, got, uh, you got sucked into a vortex of time and space mm-hmm. uh, by virtue of being uh, overly meta. Sure, it was super meta. Um, 
Uh, it was a it, the Sundance Film Festival was a very strange experience. Uh, got to talk to some great uh, filmmakers. I saw a really wonderful movie. The guy who made Eagle versus Shark. Did you see Eagle versus Shark? I didn't. I go back and forth on whether or not to see Eagle versus Shark. Uh, you don't really need to see Eagle versus Shark. I was not crazy about the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't feel sure. upset that I had watched it. And I, Teresa actually kind of liked it. I like that Jermaine is in it. Yeah, he is. He's he's grand. And but it's it's really it's so close in tone to uh, Napoleon uh me, dynamite. me you and everyone we know in napoleon dynamite gotcha that you've already seen that movie that's tough you but, know i uh, speaking of napoleon dynamite and germain sure. i saw um, i believe it's Jermaine. oh really okay. j-e-m yeah mm. anyways uh the napoleon dynamite guy's latest movie was called gentleman broncos mm-hmm. and Jermaine is in it yes and he is fucking amazing the movie is uh, I would say okay. I think it got unfairly kind of slammed, uh, but Jermaine is so good in it. Oh, uh, I enjoyed watching that. Yeah, you, I think you should. I mean, there's a lot of gross stuff. There's a lot of uh, poops. Oh, really? And barfs. Really? There's some poops and barfs, but uh, but you know, Mormons just... are allowed to poop and barf. They're just not allowed to say shit. Yeah, you, sure, exactly. Um, um, the guy who made the Eagle versus Sharks, this guy called Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes known as Taika Cohen. Okay. Um, apparently he is part Maori, part Jewish. Sure. Um, from New Zealand, uh, used to be comedy partners with Jermaine. Oh. Uh, they had a, they had a dual act Mm -hmm. in, uh, in New Zealand. And the movie is, uh, kind of a coming of age story in this, uh, for this Maori boy in a Maori town, but, uh, uh, no whale rider bullshit. Okay. Um, there's no whale riding in the entire movie. Okay. I, don't, I guess I don't. Why, what do you, why do you use whale rider as the uh, as the archetype for shitty inspirational movie? It is the archetype for a movie coming of age movie set amongst the Maori. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't know it was set amongst the Maori. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is just an just a really funny, charming, and really sad too. I didn't expect it to be so sad. Hmm. But it, that was a real winner. I saw um, – uh, I loved it. I just loved it. I saw Chris Morris's new movie, uh, one of my comedy heroes, the creator of Brass Eye in the Day Today. Um, it is a comedy. Uh, it is a comedy, and the four main characters are a terrorist cell. Okay. Um, who are trying to suicide bomb uh, something important in uh, London, England. Okay. Um, and uh, they – it was – I was really surprised because if you watch Brass Eye or The Day Today, which are British television programs, the people should run and not walk to the yeah, BitTorrent no, to watch. Uh, that's 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 required viewing. That, pretty that's... much the funniest shows that have ever been made. I you know. Yeah, it's pretty baffling. Or at least when you you gave me the DVD as a gift, and it it blew my mind that this existed and I didn't know about it. I think it was around in 1996. Yeah, was when me it came too. out. It's uh, it's 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 amazing. It's spectacular. Now, this movie is um, is not a joke intensive mm-hmm. uh, like that, like like those shows are, um, and it's not even broad in the way that, um, say, uh, one of his other shows, like a Nathan Barley, is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's actually very character driven, and I think that part of the point of the movie is that you really start to care about these suicide bombers sure. who are trying to kill murder innocents. Right. It was really it was really something to see this movie that mm. that you get so emotionally invested 
in these horrible, in these people who are about to commit this most heinous of acts and also are just bumbling idiots. Yeah. Uh, not without exception. Uh, one of one of them is moderately less of a bumbling idiot than the rest, mm-hmm. but mostly just monstrously bumbling idiots. Um, he didn't come on the Sandy Young America. I tried really hard to get him, but he's kind of a famous recluse, isn't he? Yeah, he doesn't doesn't like to do interviews. I he, they said if he was going to do something, he would do the Sound of Young America. He didn't end up doing it, but I found out that he did do the Green Scene Daily podcast. Oh. Well, so there you go. who knows how that worked out? Probably pretty good. Yeah, well, you know, it is. The it, boys over at the green scene do some good work. Uh, I saw the don't new, know what that is. I'm not being mean. I, I saw the new movie from uh, Jeffrey Blitz, who uh, directed Spellbound and um, Rocket Science. Hey now, uh, both of which were great. And uh, his new movie, Lucky, is about um, people who won the lottery. Oh yeah, I heard about that. It was great. Yeah. It was really, it was really excellent. I don't think it. Maybe it wasn't quite as good as Spellbound, but Spellbound is one of my favorite movies ever. Sure. Um, it has that robot kid in it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. So, it's, yeah, really something without that robot kid in it. I mean, it was like if Spellbound didn't have the robot kid. So, like, oh, you, this is still pretty great. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't just will a kid to say, do I sound like a musical robot? Yeah. If, if people haven't seen it, Spellbound is, a, is this documentary about spe- kids in spelling bees, and there's this kid... Uh, who's kind of inconsequential to the overall story, but, you know, you could tell they just put him in because he's hilarious, uh, who just talks like a robot for no conceivable reason. And it, at one point, well, there is a conceivable reason. He's kind of Asperger's-y. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but he, there's, a point, there's a point where he goes, does this sound like a musical robot? Mm-hmm. And it does sound like a musical robot, and it's the greatest moment in the history of cinema. Sure. It is literally the greatest thing I've ever seen on a screen. Um, I saw one of those. Um, I, I saw one of those mumblecore films. A uh, movie called. God, someone said mumblecore to me the other day, and I got real. I got mad, so mad <laughs> to where I wasn't listening to their explanation of what mumblecore was. It just seems like such a dumb I think, classification. I think but, a lot of people who make the mumblecore movies, such as uh, Mark, Mark Duplass, was over here to be on the Sandy Young America. He and his brother Jay uh, are sort of the fathers of mumblecore. I think they're very uncomfortable with how dumb the name mumblecore sounds. Yeah, I, if, would you explain it? I'll try not to tune out, but These, I may. They're uh, they're low key serial uh, comic relationship films okay um that are that are uh unified by the fact that they're most of them are are at least partly improvised and uh they have relatively simple production values and they're about you know young white people okay um so is is the puffy chair is a famous mumblecore film huh okay um an enjoyable film in this movie I saw oh, it, uh, like avatar right okay Exactly. I know what Bumblecore is now. Uh, exactly. Avatar is a... Because that Avatar wasn't scripted. Yeah, no, that was all just like... They just, they just did a stream of gave, consciousness. Yeah, yeah. That explains the whole thing. Well, they had outlines for the scenes. They had like broad outlines. Mm, I don't know. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you could tell. Really, all, real off the cuff. Uh, I don't think... I, what I see the off the cuff part. I just don't think they had an outline. Okay, so you think, yeah, they just cobbled together. I think they just did it in one headlong dive. Yeah. They just, one rush of di- of three hours, they just did one three-hour recording session, they got Sigourney in there. Sure. And then they just retro-animated it mm-hmm. into three dimensions. 
Uh, they got but that. like Dr. Cat's professional therapist. Well, no, because I think... That I was think... their model for Avatar? Mm-hmm. Was Dr. Cat? Well, the thing is, I think the process on Dr. Cat's involved a lot of editing, going back, picking out the best parts. Okay, so this was just like... This was just whatever one... came to their head. Sure. You know, they just got the guy who wrote, you know... That movie, what was that movie about the, the giant snake? <laughs> oh, Dances with Wolves. Yeah, I was just going to say. Said, will you write a similar movie? Yeah, with blue, giant blue people. Did but Kevin anyway, Costner write Dances with Wolves? He directed I think he, it. I, 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 sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, he did. Okay. He did. He, he wrote it and directed it and starred in it. And he God, used, great. used every part of the buffalo. Mm-hmm. And uh, in conclusion, Tatanka. Sure. Um. Uh, Douchebag w- was the movie I saw, and it, I really enjoyed it. It was that very funny. That was the Mumblecore movie. Yeah, it was the Mumblecore movie. The guy who's the star of this movie had never acted before. Mm. He was an editor, and the director just was like hanging out with him a lot and just thought, man, this guy's amazing. I should make a movie starring this guy. Was he indeed amazing? Yeah, he was great. I mean, he was a captivating presence on sure. the screen. I mean, the the movie was very modest, so I don't want to say it was a life-changing movie, but... Sure. He was he was indeed very captivating on the screen. That was kind of the story with the guy who starred in District Nine. Wasn't he just uh, wasn't he just one of the one of the money guys? And then he I just turned know. out to be captivating. I, I don't know. So. I bet I, that sounds great. I loved that District Nine. Isn't that great? I you know what? It doesn't seem like the kind of movie you would like. I'm surprised. To hear well, that. it was good. I mean, the difference between me loving District Nine and hating Avatar is that Avatar was fucking retarded hmm. and District 9 wasn't. Oh, I don't... Jesse. Okay, this might, be a, this might be a you yelling at the, you, at the Radiohead girl in college situation. I know, I'm, I'm going to make saying, people you cry. I'm just saying, you got to tread lightly on Avatar. Okay, I'm just going to do a quick summary of my feelings on Avatar. Okay. I think it might have been the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and it was the bad kind of dumb where it thinks that it's not dumb. Okay. Um, and not, I thought that it would be a silly action movie mm-hmm. and it would be cool cause it was in 3d. Sure. Actually it was both one of the dumbest and one of the most pretentious movies I've ever seen. And the only movie that really is comparable in terms of dumbness and pretentiousness that I've ever seen is I, is the one of the star Wars prequels that I saw, which I believe <laughs> was star Wars episode one. Sure. Um, uh, but that I thought was more aesthetically appealing. Huh. And now, it didn't give me a headache because see, it was in three, I, I, 3D I and three hours long. I recognized the dumbness of Avatar, but I didn't mind it. I was like, I was yeah, it's in weird. it. You know, I Mar- was, Mariel, I was in the, it to win it. Mariel, uh, my intern Mariel, um, she also mm-hmm. didn't think – she did, She was not bothered by the dumbness. I was really bothered by it. Yeah. I re- like, and, to, and I want to be clear. I totally went in with a good attitude. I was looking forward to really? having a great time. Really? You didn't time. have a tude going I didn't in? Go, I totally didn't have a tude going in. You were cranky because of the traffic? No. Ter- Teresa and I went together. It's not like someone dragged me to it. I'm I sure. chose to go to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love 3D. Sure. I think 3D is really neat. I there was I I was disappointed that I missed Journey to the Enter of the Earth, <laughs> Journey to the Center of the Earth 3D. Um, but, oh, it was just so assaultingly awful in every way except for technology. I thought it was very badly acted. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was just so horribly written. I thought it was kind of insulting politically. I just... It was definitely, like, definitely something that stuck out for me was that this was clearly written, you know, five years ago, and the post-production on this movie was so... 
you know, most of this movie, most of the time making the movie was in the post production. So, but the, here, like little bush references. But here's let the me finish. thing. Let me finish. Uh, just so the little bush references and stuff were uh, just seemed especially comical because, like, whereas that you know might get applause breaks, uh, you know, five years ago, now the like little winky reference to shock and awe was you know just seemed like all right, whatever. But here, here's the thing: I was prepared for that. I knew about that, and I knew about unobtainium. Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I'm into unobtainium now. I, I had been warned about both of those things, mm-hmm. and I was just like, eh, you know, I can see that still being. But I felt like I was watching GI Joe. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like, and 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 but a kind of GI Joe that wasn't just about like being an adventure ride. It was about teaching me an important lesson. And I was like, hey, how about this? Wait, Jesse, are you saying you don't like nature? Are you saying that nature isn't the most important thing? I don't know. Well, it seems I Seems like you need to get your priorities straight. <sighs> it's all yeah. about nature. You know, I guess, I guess the moral... What, I mean, what even is the moral of the story of that movie? Like, corporations shouldn't have wars <laughs> to get something... Yeah, I, then, you know, I don't know. Then, I just feel I feel like I I I I, I didn't even exce- understand why they like there was a like they sort of made it seem like they had been in negotiations or something, but they ne- they just invade they just bombed the people. I didn't know why they were bombing the people. Yeah, well, the, you know, especially after they left the place where the stuff was was when the big battle was. You know, see, all of this to me to the, doesn't seem to be the point of Avatar. Like, it seems like the story was so familiar and so by the, and so dances with wolves and whatever other, you know, white man goes to the village story you've ever seen that I don't know. I feel like I would, I just like, but I, I just would've... when I realized that was the movie, just kind of like. Just, just accepted enjoying it. And I then felt did. like it was. I mean, my my ultimate problem, I think, was maybe that it was just completely that it was incoherent, even in the context of that limited ambition of telling a story that's already been told. Like okay. if it was Star Wars, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars. Sure. Like Star Wars, Star Wars is dumb, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly simple. Sure. But it's also really fun, mm-hmm. and it is effective in its simpleness. Yeah. You know, like Darth Vader is really like cool and evil <laughs> and uh, Han Solo is really like cool and adventurous mm-hmm. and the space fights are cool space fights. Like I find myself just bored in Avatar oh, in really? a way that you know, I did not expect to be. Yeah, you know, I was I I thought the I thought where it the where it where it made itself better than the other of these types of movies, of the PG-13 blockbusters that have come out recently, is that I thought the action was so good. I feel like that awful, awful trend of action that is so frenetically edited that you don't know what's going on, you're just aware that you're feeling intense. I feel like in this one, you could just you could just see everything. I feel like you just like the suspense, and I felt like I was getting chased by the rhino monster, and I felt like all that... And that, you know, I did like that rhino monster part right at the beginning. I got, I also got really bored of the forest Mm -hmm. after about 10 minutes of it. 
Like at first I was like, man, this is cool. Look at that fucking rhino monster. Look at these fucking twinkle thing, twinkle plants. Yeah. I thought that was really neat, but it, I really did. And I'm not saying this to be a dick or, and I, again, I was, I was actively trying to enjoy this film and went in with a great attitude thinking I was going to like it. Mm. I was fucking done with all of it about 15 minutes after he went to Avatar World. Sure. I was just, I was like, okay, well, that's the end of that. Don't want to watch this anymore. You know, I got, yeah. I and then it went the, on uh, for two and a half more hours. I just thought the action was such a good midpoint between, uh, so there's your, there's your bullshit action that you get in an X-Men movie or a mummy movie where okay. you just don't know what's going on. And then there's your kind of crazy, you know, Hong Kong action. Uh-huh. I felt like this was just such a good midpoint. I felt like this was such a good okay. like this is this is crazy. Jordan, do you know that this movie is gonna be is gonna win the best picture award? <laughs> yeah. But you know, but the precedent has been set for that though. I feel like in a in a world where Gladiator and uh, uh Yeah, I hated Gladiator too. I could not understand you know, why people liked that. Similarly about Gladiator. It's like, well yeah, this is this is familiar but 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 so cool. I kinda like die hard or live free or die hard. Okay. <laughs> I kind of like that. Okay. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that was fun. I liked, I thought the Justin Long, Bruce Willis dynamic in that was great. Yeah. I, 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 I just want people to know that I'm not just an asshole who hates everything. <laughs> that you liked an action movie four years ago. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I kind of like The Bank Job. Was that an action movie? Yeah, it was more of a heist movie. I would say. Uh, I tend to like a heist movie more than I like an action movie. I don't sure. like a lot of gross stuff happening. Okay. I don't like a lot of really gross stuff. You not know, that while, was... we're, while we're talking movies, okay. uh, have you seen The Hurt Locker? I have not seen The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Uh... This is a movie that could upset Avatar for Best Picture. I've yeah. been hearing a lot of buzz. Sure, sure. It's real good. You should see it. Um, it is. And I think the, the, the thing, that, the reason that... One of the reasons that Hurt Locker has stuck with me, uh, A, it's, it's a very, very good movie, but it was directed by uh, the woman who directed Point Break. Uh-huh. And that, the, her story, uh, which I don't know anything about, I think, I, I think she was married to Cameron at one point, uh, something, something, something. But the way I Wait, see Wait, she this, was married to Cameron? James Cameron. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, sorry. Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Who later went on to be in Spin City. Um, he, uh, the fact that someone can go from making Point Break to making this movie that has Oscar buzz and is, you know, really pretty meaningful and in like a great, you know, tasteful handling of the Middle East conflict uh, is a great example that in this world you can go from lowbrow to something else. Like you can start out in a doing something profoundly stupid although i mean point break is like a really great dumb movie but it is a dumb movie maybe one of the dumbest movies frankly point break is about four dumb movies yeah one after the other right that somehow have been crushed (laughs) together and that yeah that that she you know that she kept her ambition high and kept getting better at her craft and now if she's if she's lucky and I'm going out on a limb here. Sure. Maybe one day she'll have the chance to direct the Nanny Diaries too. <laughs> right. Something truly artistic. But you, you were really impressed by the Hurt Locker. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. But also, like, as someone who uh, I would say basically everything I have my hands in now is dumb. Uh huh. I feel like I do good work in my 
various ventures, but they're all lowbrow, I would say. Are we going to make a sad clown movie? Is that what you're getting to, Jordan? <laughs> yes, here's the pitch. Um, yeah, an old industrialist. Jordan Morris is Pagliacci. Yeah, right, exactly. It's all, yeah, it's based on Commedia dell'arte. It's going to be called Pagliacci 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but as a, as sure, and I, I, I hope to not work in the dumb arts for all of my life. I would like to, you know, give something of substance back to the world. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's inspirational. I, I, the, the Hurt Locker being, you know, an example. Besides of how someone... your, your famous pound kick. Well, yes, but uh, you know, my little secret is that's my uh, that's my grandma's recipe. So, oh well, that's uh, that's that's grandma's contribution to the world. Mine well, will have to be uh, a a Commedia dell'arte movie set in a dystopian future. <laughs> we'll be back in just where a computers second. rule. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan. Yes. Have you visited internet recently? Well, I mean, uh, no. Pull it out. Okay. Right there from your pants and type into it maxfunstore.com. You know why? Why? Jordan, do you remember on this program, gosh, what was it, uh, a year, 18 months or so ago when we offered for a limited time only a certain type of T-shirt about which people were very excited? Yeah. What type of T-shirt was that, Jordan? Jordan Jesse Go shirt. Now, did you ever believe for a moment that people would have another opportunity to adorn their bodies with the wonderful logo and aesthetics of Jordan Jesse Go? Never. That's what I had presumed. Mm -hmm. I presumed that never again would people have the opportunity to see another Jordan Jesse Go t-shirt, much less purchase one, Mm -hmm. if they had not already availed themselves of the opportunity that we offered some 12 to 18 months ago. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're SOL. Jordan. SOL. Unlike you, Mm -hmm. I'm a man of the people. Yeah. That's why I hated Avatar. I am here standing up for all the people in our community who, for whatever reason, could not get a Jordan Jesse Go t-shirt before. That's, that's, that's great of you. I mean, I'm sure at great expense to yourself. Tremendous personal expense, Jordan. Sure. And I did not spare a dime yeah. on this thing. I spent lavishly because I wanted to provide only the finest vestments to our fans. Just like the old man who invented Jurassic Park. Exactly. Hopefully, this little t-shirt experiment doesn't go as awry as that one did. I don't want it to come around and bite me in the rear. And I'll know if the t-shirts start hunting in packs. Sure. If they learn how to open doors. That's when I'll know that I'm fucked. Oh, God. I'll totally watch another Jurassic Park movie if they make it. Right? <laughs> come on. Yeah. I I probably would, but I don't think I ever saw Jurassic Park 3. Ah, it was bad. Yeah? Yeah. I don't even know if I saw Jurassic Park 2, honestly. Yeah. I did see Jurassic Park, and I liked it. I like dinos. Sure. I like uh, Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Bill Macy in one of those things? He was in the third one. Okay. I like, well, I like Bill Macy. Sure. I just want to go on record mm-hmm. saying that I like Bill Macy. Um, yeah, I, I'll watch it. You want to go see it? Yes. So in conclusion, order Jurassic Park 4 from the Max Fun Store. <laughs> we got starring Bill Macy. 
Jordan, we have two new Jordan Jesse Go t-shirts. Wow. Um, one of them features our heads in profile. One more shirt, and we'll have one for each installment of the Jurassic Park trilogy. <laughs> um, one of them features our heads in profile as uh, as created by the great Jamie Tanner, the noted comic artist, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Tanner. Sure. Um, and I think it's quite lovely. But let's say... So for, I think for the people who want to see our cute faces, sure, that's going to be the best our option. Our precious pusses. Exactly. <laughs> Certainly it. if people are going to uh, want to become familiar with our pusses, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, um, but Jordan, let's say that you're just – let's say that you're not uh, that person. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you're a person who wants to go to a hip nightclub. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're somebody who wants to be seen operating an iPad – Information device. Sure. A cool person of the present, a contemporary, clean, elegant person. We have another shirt that features the handsome letters J, a J, go in a, uh, I would almost call it, if it weren't so fresh, it would be stern mm-hmm. typographic style sure. on the chest of the shirt. Um, it's, a, it's a heathered black Shirt. This is my favorite one of them, I have to admit. It's a heathered black shirt that says JJ Go in uh, red reverse letters on it. Um, really beautiful shirt. And as I said, I spared no expense. These are all alternative apparel shirts. These are, this is what's going to happen with these shirts. You're going to buy one of these shirts to wear. Then you're going to like it so much, you're going to shove it down your pants so it's closer to your balls because it's so soft. And then you're going to marry it. And then you're going to marry it. Because that's the honorable thing to do. And then you're going to move to Utah because in Utah you can buy some more of these shirts Mm -hmm. and shove them down your pants. And when you become unhappy with them, you drive out to the dangerous strip club. <laughs> um, all at maxfunstore.com. We got another, we got a cool Max Fun shirt too that uh, looks like sort of like the Run DMC logo. Mm-hmm. If people know what that looks like, red, black, and white. This is a black shirt. I know a lot of the cool kids like to have a black shirt. Absolutely. Uh, it says Max Fun on it. That's mm-hmm. something that you can wear just to generally announce what state of mind you're in. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about people figuring out that you listen to podcasts. <laughs> that's a good, that's a fact. I would say that's a good quality of all of yeah. our shirts. They could, you don't want people to know that. They could reasonably be a shirt for something else besides sure. just podcasts. Anyway, maxfunstore.com. This is your, this could be your one and only opportunity. Do not, le- do not let it pass you by again. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, can I take a moment to welcome in a guest? Do you mind if I take a moment to welcome in a guest? You know what? I don't. I I don't want to overstep my. You know, dude, you doth protest too much, bro. <laughs> Fucking take a minute, man. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, look, uh, uh, we have somebody here who's been doing the yeoman's work sure. here at MaximumFun.org, Jordan, or in this case, the yo woman's work. Sure. Here at MaximumFun.org. The yo person's work. The yo play work. Yo sure. um, eating, <laughs> eating the yogurts um, and so on and so forth. <laughs> the yogurts. Oh, my God. That's great. 
Um, uh, Mariel Reyes, outgoing uh, MaximumFun.org intern. Welcome to the program, Mariel. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it is you a... Say, d- you say outgoing because she's leaving. It's not... That's not a description of her personality. She is both... Yeah, uh, I mean, not... She, she's I'm personable. both outgoing and I'm also leaving, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, is, she is both of those things. I'm blowing this popsicle stand. Mariel, <laughs> yeah. Mariel is the first uh, foreigner I've ever let into my house. Really? Awesome. Yeah. That's it's a big, it represents a big change for me. I've, <laughs> at first, I was uncomfortable. Because of the xenophobia. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, frankly, I'm still uncomfortable, but moderately less so. Yeah, because you've checked her for knives. Yeah. Not to mention knits. I was oh, con- very concerned yeah. about knits. Knives and knits. I was also <laughs> squatting over the toilet really strangely. Yeah. yeah it's true. Um, Jordan. You aren't used to our American no, plumbing. No, You're no. used to... Jordan, uh, I, I want to welcome one more person onto the program. Is, is that okay? Yeah. Or is that one too many? No, no, I'm still chilling. Okay, good. Uh, Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather. Uh, welcome back to Jordan Jesse Go. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Hey, guys. It's great to be back. Been too long. Oh, far too Been long. Been yeah. too long. Oh, is, is science going well in Santa Cruz, friend? Yes, science, uh, science is popping in Santa Cruz. For those who might not know, Jim is a scientist in Santa Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, you could have easily gathered from what Jesse said. It's good. I'm glad that you brought everyone I just, yeah, on I board. To... I mean, Mariel's here. Mariel's never met Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather. Sure. Hi, Jim. L- listen, <laughs> if, if Mariel had met Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather... She wouldn't be living with a lady right now. She'd be she'd be in Santa Cruz with Jim. That's what happens every time a girl meets Jim. Sure. No matter what, she, no she, matter what their interest is going in. Sure. You're saying that Jim has the power to switch sexual preferences. Absolutely. Yeah. He did with it for science. me. Yeah, with science. Jesse, I'm not going to science out of the door. <laughs> um, he, uh, let's talk for a second about how we play Would You Rather here on Jordan Jesse Go. Our friend Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, will present us with two choices. Um, two choices. They may be positive. They may be negative. It's our job to select between. Between them Now, yes. if we have any confusions about those two choices, we can turn to Jim Rayal because he is the master of Would You Rather. He can give us any details we may need in order to make our decision. Yeah. This is a feature you might recognize from most other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it seems like they've all got it going now. Yeah. We invented it, though. We did. We certainly, there's we no invented, doubt that no, no. we invented playing Would You Rather. <laughs> On a podcast. <laughs> books, tiny books sold at Urban Outfitters invented it. Yes. We invented stealing it to kill time on our podcast. Right, exactly. Okay. And, uh, uh, but our, our, I think, dynamic and exciting innovation. Sure. Um, winnovation, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. is... And when we're in Vegas, a sinnovation. <laughs> is... What happens in Vegas? Am I right, people? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never been. Well... Lions? Something about lions. I've seen television commercials. Lions enter into it. Um, You fuck the lions. Each of us us will select uh, our choice, make our final decision, and then we will turn to Jim Rayal, the master of Would You Rather, to tell us whether we were correct or incorrect. Um, Jim, what's our Would You Rather this week? Okay. Would You Rather become an exceptional slam ball player or own a truck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's why they call him the master. (laughs) If there was any doubt in anyone's mind who was better at Would You Rather. 
<laughs> okay, we. I think um, I'm not alone in not being entirely sure what slam ball is. Is that the one where is it like is it sort sort of like basketball in a in a sort of American gladiators arena with trampolines? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, good. So this is a thing that I remember watching it on network television, like on a like a you know like a late. Sunday morning, maybe, or late Saturday morning. Yeah, you were choosing between this and Xena. Exactly. <laughs> this was at a time where, yeah. Look, or I'm not some, a... something else with, with Bruce Campbell. Jordan, let's be clear. I'm not a nerd. I'm a jock. I'm watching <laughs> Slam Ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but I, I recently, is this, is this still on TV? I feel like maybe I saw it on, on Nickelodeon or something like that on an airplane. Are you thinking of Nickelodeon Guts? <laughs> yeah, Jesse, you might be thinking of guts. Were you thinking of the aggro crag? Yeah. You're thinking of climbing the aggro crag. Jim, is it's, this is this still a televised event? It, it's actually still airing. Uh, I think the actually the Cartoon Network, I think, has picked it up. Okay. Oh. It's on the Cartoon Network. So let me ask you this question. Let's say, I, let's say I'm really good at playing slam ball. Um, does that mean that I can be a professional slam ball player? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Do how much do you do? Do you know how much uh, how much I would make in the slam ball field? Uh, you know, it's it's not really. I I don't know if you could make a uh, a, a living on it as your as your full time career. I think it'd be something that you'd be doing uh, in addition to other work. Sort of nights and weekends type of situation. Your weekend yeah. warrior. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jim, I uh, um, here's my here's my question. If I am a professional slam ball player, do I have the physique of a professional slam ball player? For instance, I- I'm just going to say I'm not, I'm not entirely pleased with the shape that I'm in right now. I'd like to be I need a little more muscular, a little less doughy. Um, do I have the characteristics of a slam ball player, which I would imagine are, you know, muscular legs, uh, firm buttocks, um, you know, I'm probably not washboard abs. You're probably not getting washboard abs playing slam ball. But your, your abs are certainly nicer than mine currently are. Powerful boner. Yeah, <laughs> mighty boner. Uh, do do I have? Does my physique change if I pick the slam ball? Yeah, you you have a, a, a you'd be significantly upgraded, Jordan, uh, if you were playing slam ball. Better, I'd, faster, I'd, stronger. Exactly. Would I be would I be required to participate in in slam ball practicing or rehearsal? Would I have to install a slam tramp? In, in my <laughs> <laughs> slam I, tramp. I presume it's called a slam tramp. Uh, no, I, I don't think that that would happen. You'd be you'd be a, a, a pretty regular face at the at the slam ball training center. Okay. You have a membership card, lifetime membership. Yeah, I, I actually think that's somewhere in in, in uh, Los Angeles. I think. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So, so in other words, so basically, to summarize about the the slam ball, we'd be making money from it, but probably not a full time living. Um, yeah. And we'd be looking pretty athletic, like a professional slam ball player. Yeah. Um, uh, Muriel, do you have any concerns about slam ball? Yeah. Um, if you're a exceptional slam ball player, and um, oh, your screen. It's up. okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you're is is that a sport that's big enough that if you became like that awesome, would your photo be on a box of Wheaties or a bag cereal on the bottom shelf? Uh, let me ask you this question: <laughs> Slam ball is something that really exists yeah, exactly. already. 
Right. So you're asking, would you be like the Mark Spitz of Slam Ball, where you would be like bringing it up to a new exactly. level of yeah. public because you're like just you're that, that good, amazing? Then you get the notoriety for that, or not? No, no, you would not be revolutionizing the the sport. You'd be another player, and it, you know you wouldn't. There's there's no guarantee that you're going to be the top player, but you're just going to have the skills to be able to compete in the uh, in the Slam Ball sport. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Is it a late model truck? <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's whatever kind of truck you want, really. I mean, it's, it's not like, like a big rig truck, but, you know, it's a, this, it's a truck with a bed. Does, is this limited to trucks that exist, or can I create a fantasy <laughs> truck? <laughs> no fantasy truck. Okay. When you, say, when you say truck, does that solely mean pickup truck, or what about a cargo van? For example, a Dodge Sprinter or a Ford Transit Connect. No, doesn't work. <laughs> so I cannot... So pick up only. I cannot have a Ford Transit Connect. Sorry. Is there any way I could have a Ford Transit Connect or a Dodge Sprinter? <laughs> no, you can buy it with be. your slam ball winning. <laughs> <laughs> In the other scenario. Uh, Muriel, are you a truck driver? Do you What, what kind of I'm cars do you Yorker. typically own? I oh, so you're a no, a no car. But my question is, does a monster truck still count as a truck? Oh, yeah. Can we get a big uh, Well, if it's, if it's got a if It's got a, it's got a bed. bed. It sure. looks like a truck. It's just got giant wheels. Okay, yeah. that's interesting because that might be fun to drive a Bigfoot. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, no. Is that even street legal, though? Probably not. But frankly, Meryl, you don't care. I <laughs> no, know for a, I know for a fact a that you have a learner's permit and you have driven to work I'm with only a learner's permit with yeah. no one in the passenger Thanks. seat Thanks. when your girlfriend was out of town. Yeah, 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 I did. <sighs> no police officer. But I can have. Could I have like? A, <laughs> they do. They they constantly yeah. monitor yeah. what they call podcast chatter. Yeah, exactly. In the police could, could I have a? Um, uh, could I have like a really nice truck? Like, what about one of those Lincoln pickup trucks? Could I have one of those? I don't think I've seen a Lincoln pickup truck. Yeah, but, that's, uh, yeah, sure. That. Okay, okay, I, I, I. That's that's a big point I mean, for me. I mean, look, look. This isn't. I mean, it's. It's not just going to be that you know that you can just magically wish for you know this this you know super expensive truck and you can have anything that you want. Uh, you know we're we're thinking you know uh, something that's that's not going to break the break the bank. Cause this has to be something that you could you know uh, in in theory actually own in, in your in your real life. You know, Jim, the uh, Dodge Transit, uh, the Dodge Sprinter, and Ford Transit Connect are surprisingly affordable. <laughs> Because they were failures? <laughs> um, I'm just really hung up on the idea of having a European-style cargo van. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Okay. What, how, do you have any more questions, Mariel, for, for Jim uh, Rayal, the master of Would You Rather? Okay. Um, well, Jordan, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I, like, I think Slam Ball is the way to go on this one. Um, I don't have much use for a truck in my day-to-day. Um, I always thought it's a little bit obnoxious when someone owns a truck but doesn't have a truck lifestyle. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just going to be going. Was you it know. obnoxious when I had an El Camino? <laughs> that was pretty cool. Okay. That's no, what no, that I thought. I cool. thought it was pretty sweet. Uh, no, that was good. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, I like the idea of having the slam ball physique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, I also kind of like the idea that the slam ball thing isn't full time that I still can pursue other interests but just 
I, you know, in contrast to the trunk. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Which is going to monopolize all of my time. Right. Um, so yeah, no, I think uh, I I like the idea of slam ball a lot. I'm I'm looking over at the chat. We're we're streaming this live on uh, UStream. Announced it on the Twitter and. Uh, there's a strong majority for slam ball right now. Um, Mariel, which direction are you going? That's because they're right. It's slam ball all the way. <laughs> That's because they're correct. Yes. Really? It's slam ball. Why, yeah. why, why are you so confident that it's slam ball? Well, because I obviously can't drive this truck legally yet. Um, and, yeah, also the physique sounds awesome. And it's, it's more interesting to me to have the weird thing about you, like being a super awesome slam ball player, than just having a truck. You can have a truck any other time. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, see, I hadn't thought about this. Having a truck makes you kind of a dick thing. Mm-hmm, does a little bit. Uh, very much. Here's my concern. My concern, honestly, is that if I take up slam ball, I'm already, if you'll pardon the expression, slammed mm-hmm. between The Sound of Young America, Jordan, Jesse, Go, um, you know, lovemaking. Uh, just <laughs> Heartbreaking. All, <laughs> all, all the different stuff that I do in sure. my day-to-day life. Um, I'm concerned that if I added professional slam ball to this, I'd have to be traveling. You know, I, guys, I get migraine headaches a lot when I travel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just went to Sundance and got three migraines. So I, when you're with the slam ball circuit, you're going to Tampa. You're going to Butte. Right, and these are <laughs> these are migraine-intensive towns. See, but, like, don't you think that if you had, like, the awesome sports physique, that would be a thing that your wellness will kind of counteract the migraines? No, I, I honestly don't think so. Now... Would I be excited to meet uh, Bo Jackson, who I can only presume is the slam ball color commentator? <laughs> yes, I would. Bo knows slam ball. <laughs> sure. Um, but given and Bo knows Jack Link's spicy beef jerky. Given the fact that... <laughs> Bo Jackson doing a little plug. Okay, color cool. Um, given the fact that, that Jim Rayall, the master of Would You Rather, has said that we could have a truck that was reasonable to our lifestyle. So, for example, I could have one of those Honda pickup trucks that's like a four-door and has a covered bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like, I mean, frankly, it's sort of like a, a, a pickup truck for like a, a, a friendly 38-year-old lesbian more than mm-hmm. anything else yeah. um, or like a suburban dad. Um, but, I, Frank, I'm not that far from either of those things. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's at the end of the day, I just, I don't think I would enjoy spending that much time playing slam ball. Although I would love to get a free slam tramp. <laughs> um, Jim, uh, you're the master of would you rather who was correct and who was incorrect? Well, the correct answer was owning a truck. What? Yes. Bullshit. Yes, that's bullshit. Don't need to taunt us with the official slam ball theme song. <laughs> Jim, why? Yeah, let's hear it. Why was I correct? Well, look, now, George, you, you brought up some good points, but uh, one thing that you failed to recognize is that while you'd be earning sort of part time type money, you'd have to put in a lot of full-time type work to be able to maintain sure. that level of competition. Uh, and also, slam ball is not even a real sport. 
Good point. Good point. Oh, man. Well, um, I'm proud to say that I'm correct once again. Yeah. As per usual, uh, Mariel, thank you so much for helping us play Would You Rather. Thanks for having me, guys. And thank you for editing a bunch of Jordan Jesse Goes and for your months and months of effort on behalf of MaximumFun.org. I do it out of love. (laughs) Thank you, Mariel. And uh, Jim Royale, thanks for being uh, not only the master of Would You Rather, but one of the best guys in town. Guys, thanks a lot. And hey, before I go, I got a question. Sure. Um, I was wondering if you guys keep track of who wins and who loses in Would You Rather, because I'd like to see those all-time stats. <laughs> well, um, I, w- uh, I would love to throw that out to the community. I'm sure that some people would be happy to make a thread on our forum and start pointing out the Would You Rathers and who got it right and who got it wrong, because I'm willing to put some money on uh, me being ahead of Jordan <laughs> on this thing. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I've, I mean, I've, I, we've been doing this since college, and I think I've, I've I've been the perpetual would you rather loser, so I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the outcome was not in my favor. But I still would like to see it. I'd like to see a nice pie graph. So we'll we'll put that out there. I'm sure that if we started a thread in the forum, Jordan, I think what would happen is people would say, "Here's the date of a show. Here's who won and who lost." And then you know that way one person doesn't have to do all the work. I think we could get this thing done. Sure. I'm looking over at the chat room. I think people are ready to go. I think people are talking about doing it on jjgo.org. Do it, internet. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jim. Way to go, Internet. Jim, we'll talk to you later, pal. Thanks for. Uh, All right, guys, Jim. Uh, nice meeting you. Thanks Bye. for coming on the show. Talk to you later. A lot of fun. Bye. We'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, life is full of choices, and the moral gray area presented by these choices can be confusing. Luckily, we've got a compass to show us the way. It's Jesse Thorne with Hang It Up and Keep It Up. Hang it up. Potholes. Next time, you better be careful because I'm going to get out of my car and kick your ass. Hang it up, pothole. Palm tree. That's not a tree. That's a bush on a stick. Hang it up, palm tree. Freeways. Take the toll road. It's faster. Hang it up, freeways. State of the Union applause. Oh, is that what you're bringing to the table, Congress? Applauding and not applauding? Interrupting the president anytime he says anything by either applauding or not applauding? How about this? Try this on for size. Listening carefully and applauding when you get excited and feel the need to applause. What happened to that? Hang it up, State of the Union applause. Olympic athletes. I get it. You're super athletic. Give me a break. Hang it up, Olympic athletes. Sunrise. I see what you're going for, but you're just too early. Hang it up, Sunrise. Keep it up. Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis turns the sun's rays into energy for plants. That's where pineapples come from, folks. Keep it up, photosynthesis. Rebar. Way to give concrete a helping hand. Keep it up, rebar. 
cashmere. I think it should be called Super Goat Wool because it is fucking super. Keep it up, cashmere. Gooseneck lamp. A gooseneck lamp is one of the best styles of lamp because you can point it wherever you please. Keep it up, gooseneck lamp. Motorcycle helmet walkie-talkie. Hey, other guy on the motorcycle. Let's chat. We'll use our motorcycle helmet walkie-talkie. Keep it up, motorcycle helmet walkie-talkie. Bird. Holy shit, you can fly. Keep it up, bird. That's been Hang It Up and Keep It Up. We'll be back. Now in... go take on the day. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. That's Dr. Laura's catchphrase. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. It's been a fun show, huh? Hasn't it, though? You know, it's good. We, this week, we're featured in the iTunes directory. Got a nice big graphic up top there. Hey! And it's always nice to really hit the ground running on those weeks with a show that is almost contentless. Sure. Um, sure. We, we had a Would You Rather. Jim Rayal and Mariel stepped in here to save our rears with a nice, solid Would You Rather. But between then and now... Nothing there, else happened. There has been, there has no, been zero content. no other content on yeah. the show besides that would you rather. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Because ultimately, when you're featured in iTunes, what you want to do is make sure that nobody comes too easily into the fold. Yeah, you don't want to just welcome, you know, the general listening public. Then, yeah. Then things get off the rails. Yeah. You don't it, look. Let, let's say. Let's say we're featured in iTunes this week. If they the first one they download is one of Paul F. Tompkins with Greg Barrett, one of these super hilarious comedy stars, mm-hmm. then they're just going to be like, oh, all every week the show is so funny. When actually our show is sort of, I, I think of our show as almost a challenge to funniness. Yeah, we want to, we want to, we want to exclude all but the easiest to entertain. Yeah, we're, we're essentially like let's say funniness is um, a gentleman's parts. They're covered in hair. Mm-hmm. We're trying to pull hairs out of the parts of funniness. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's sort of like the Hurt Locker. Yeah. Have you seen the movie The Hurt Locker? I haven't. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have not seen I'll it. I'll have to find another analogy. Yeah. Um It's it, like Jurassic Park 4. Right. Okay. The Raptors can fly airplanes. <laughs> yes. Um uh Jordan a, a quick check-in. Mm-hmm. Uh hat contest continues apace. Yes, absolutely. Uh if you ha- here's let's give people a little window into the hat contest. We're looking for photographs of people wearing hats. You send them in, you win prizes. We're looking for we're looking for the most hats on one person. That's the grand prize. But we will also be issuing prizes based on say sexiest hat. Most dynamic hat, loudest hat, mm-hmm. quietest hat, jitteriest hat. Sure. There are some categories, but you know what? If you want to enter your hat into its own category, uh, just send us the picture of the hat and the category to which you think it applies, and we'll consider it. It's jjgo at org is the email address at which you can reach us. If something outstanding happens to you, 206 206- Nine eight four four fun the number to call. No calls this week. My apologies. We're having some more technical difficulties. 
Um, and uh, gosh, yeah, I think you're, you're going to start a hack contest thread on the forum. Absolutely. Um, as the president of the hack contest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to, this thing's going to be amazing. Forage ahead. Yeah. And uh, we, got those, we got those new t-shirts at maxfunstore.com and tickets are selling fast for MaxFunCon. Um, gosh, thanks to everyone who listened live in the, uh, in, in the chat room yep. and, uh, on the live stream this week. If you want to catch a future live stream, uh, subscribe to my Twitter. It's young American. Um, and you will be subject to my prattlings and the very rare announcement of a live stream of Jordan, Jesse go, or possibly maybe even one day, the sound of young America. We'll see. Um, I guess that's about it. We'll see you next time right here on Jordan, Jesse go. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.